Telehell presents Countdowns of the Damned. So, we've been at this for a few weeks now, and for the most part, we're just trying to find our footing, so to speak, as most fledgling podcasts do. One thing that's been brought to my attention, however, is the fact that we forgot to lay down certain rules. No, I'm not talking about our nine circles, because those aren't really rules. That's our rating system. I'm talking about things that we need to make clear before we go any further, because it's only going to be a matter of time until those who follow us on social media start to make requests for certain shows or moments, only for them to find out later on that it would be impossible to do that for whatever reason. So with that in mind, consider this sort of a utility episode that nips a couple things in the bud. Particularly, things that we will never review or discuss in a million years. And what better way to do that than in convenient numerical order? Buckle up, folks. This is a countdown episode in Hell. We do things a little differently for our countdown episodes. For starters, there will be no nine circles this time. And there's no set or arbitrary number of items that we'll be counting down. Like it's not going to be a top five or a top ten or anything like that, but maybe we'd like to use a different number of things to list instead. Further, as time progresses, we might even add some things to this list in a future edition, just in case we forgot something. So consider these lists never to be written in stone and as fluid as we'll allow them to be. For this list, we will be counting down the top six things that this program, Telehell, will not do, no matter how much you ask us to. One other note, when we say things, we are explicitly talking about broad categories and not specific TV shows or moments. If you wanted that list, You'll have to wait for whenever we do the top whatever shows that we won't review. These are categorized instances, which happen to contain multiple shows in it. So consider this list the verbal equivalent to a Brazilian wax. We just want to get it all out of the way in one quick rip. With that in mind, let's begin. Number six. Anything local. Podcasts, for the most part, can be heard all over the world. And while the subject matter we'll be covering primarily deals with shows that have aired in the United States, this doesn't mean that we won't go skipping across the pond from time to time. We would not have done two episodes about Faulty Towers ripoffs if we didn't. We're talking more about things that have been seen by, at best, the population of just one city or town. Things that, while it might have been cool to give some of those towns some love, or wrath, it might not make much sense if somebody happens to be listening from another area. For instance, here's a classic local commercial from the city of New Orleans. I say, I say, see Frankie and Johnny, he's a credit man in town. For only $50 down, he can put you in a living room set, a bedroom set. Today, see the special man. I got the $50! Let it have it. With no problem. I got it, I got it. With no problem. Now, if you were a listener from Louisiana and other surrounding areas, that might have been a treat for you to hear. But try to explain to the average resident of, say, Seattle or Chicago or anywhere else what that just was. 
Same goes for that special kind of local spot that actually gained national attention by going viral. For instance... Living rooms, bedrooms, dinettes. Oh yeah, you can find them at the market. We talking about flea market. Montgomery is just like, it's just like a mini mall. Sure, it's great that it gained a lot of fans and followers, but I can't imagine somebody from England or France understanding the same phenomenon. Also, I'd be lying if I didn't think that this particular commercial still holds up after all these years. And bless you, Sammy Stevens, for your efforts. Also excluded in the local category are examples of TV newscasts whose anchors or reporters did something that gained them notoriety. Off the top of my head, recent examples involve this Philadelphia-based lost soul. Action News has learned that KYW-TV news anchor was under investigation by the FBI. It is a federal crime to read someone else's emails without their permission, just as it is a felony to eavesdrop on someone's private telephone calls. Or this poor meteorologist from New York who had no idea what she was getting herself into. A prominent TV weather forecaster who told police she escaped from an attempted rape is now accused of making it all up. She's been taken off the air by her station pending the authorities' investigation. Or, most notably, the inspiration for Bill Hader to do those Herb Welch sketches on SNL for many years. I think the lady expressed herself, and uh, you're not here, you're there. Would, is there any question you'd like me to ask her? And no, I, I, I'll, I'll give you lessons on how to become a reporter. Later. No, I'll give you some lessons on how to be an editor, because I was your boss once. Yeah, you were, and are no longer. How did that happen? Otherwise, we're only focusing on things that aired on national network television only, which can only mean one thing thing. The bell tolls for thee, Dan Rather. Number five. Guilty Pleasures. It would probably be the easiest thing in the world to take down the likes of Jerry Springer for what passes as a daytime talk show. But if the late great Broadway show Avenue Q has taught us anything, aside from the fact that everyone's a little bit racist, you can be as loud as the hell you want when you're making love, or everything in life is only for now, it's that schadenfreude, a.k.a. joy at the misfortune of others, is all a part of human nature. I see why he cheat. I see why. Oh, you see why he cheat. We don't watch it all the time, but every once in a blue moon, if we want to feel better about our own lives, the dulcet chance of Jerry, Jerry, Jerry is just a trip up the TV dial away. And while the shows themselves are deservedly considered trash by the masses, it's still fascinating to watch for others. Looking at TV Guide's 2002 list of the 50 worst TV shows of all time at that time, there were a few items that deserved to be on that list and some that raise more questions than answers, and trust us, we'll get to those. Jerry Springer's daily cacophony of crap is firmly nested in the number one position. Of course, that was when the show was at its peak. Nowadays, while the show remains true to its trashy roots, even if they stop producing new episodes, perhaps the scorn it's received over the years might be a little unwarranted. 
Same goes for shows that may seem to have a lot of critical scorn, and yet people will flock to them anyway. After all, those shows have to be doing something right. Right? Look at what you're doing. Please stop. No! Please stop. You're, no! Don't you're doing don't it! Talk to me! Which easily segues us to... Number four! Anything new, current, or recent. Some TV, like fine wine and certain kinds of cheeses and meats, tend to improve with age. While other kinds of TV age just as well as milk. Especially when you try to mix a few droplets of old milk with a brand new jug. And thank you, sis, for a metaphor that will last a lifetime. I digress. Thing is, in this world of instant gratification, it's probably the easiest thing to declare something to be the worst without sneezing first. Don't believe me? Take a good look at some of the new shows that are premiering on TV this fall. When you have a chance, look up some of the trailers for these shows, and then take a look at the dislike bar and a handful of the comments. Again, these are comments on just the trailers to these shows, and already the public is condemning them before it even gets a chance to breathe. My favorite case study for an instance like that is the Netflix show Big Mouth. I'm the hormone monster. I'm just here to give your friend a nocturnal emission. When the show premiered two years ago, the reaction to the trailer garnered more negativity than having a rational thought in politics, with the dislikes outpacing the likes by about three to one. And then, people actually watched the show to see what the fuss was about. All of a sudden, the heavens parted, and people soon realized that the show was less about the gross-out humor, but more about how frank and honest the show is about going through puberty. Something I wish we had on TV when I was younger. Sure enough, when the trailer for season two came out a year later, the likes wound up outpacing the dislikes 10 to 1. Um, next? <laughs> With all of that in mind, it would not be fair for us to talk about a show or event whose story has not been fully told yet, especially while it's still actively on the air. Now, I'm not saying there aren't shows on the air currently that are worthy of a fireball or two, but we would not be doing our jobs if we weren't fair or impartial. That being said, we do have a grace period and these rules. Any future inductees to Telehell has to be a show that's been off the air for at least three years. And if a show in question ever comes up with a reboot or a relaunch of any kind, that three-year timer is instantly reset until such a time comes when we can review it properly. And yes, there will be a lot of gray areas that prove to be the exception to the rule, but we'll worry about that when the time comes. Number three. Anything we don't have access to. In doing research for this show, we've learned about a number of highly notorious bombs in TV history. Perhaps one of the all-time biggest was a show that was so bad that one of the network affiliates that aired the program took it off the air before the show would even finish. The name of that show was Turn On, created by the same people who put on a much better TV classic, Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In. Unfortunately, because of just how erratic the pacing and imagery was for the show, ABC, the network that aired it, took it off the air before the first episode reached the end. Even more unfortunate, that's just about all the information that I have regarding the show, because with the exception of this blurb from a long ago news magazine program, 
No, we're talking about hitting the wall at 200 miles an hour. It's time to turn on. You are looking at the Titanic of ABC's primetime history. This is the never-aired second episode of Turn On. She said it was wonderful, and she thanked me for the big one. The network canceled the show after the first episode. But according to the show's creator, the head of one affiliate couldn't wait that long. We can't exactly watch the entire thing anywhere, unless we take a field trip to a broadcasting museum. And even then, they might get a little snippy if they catch us trying to leave with their property. We're not saying it's impossible to find some of these shows, but it may require a little help, perhaps from the masses. But that's another bridge to cross at some point. Number two. Big screen adaptations. Unless we do a crossover with somebody. It's practically a fact of life in the world of showbiz. If something is popular enough to earn admiration of the fans, it will then be inevitable for that thing to wind up with adaptations that help expand the original's brand. This can be said for books that turn into TV shows or movies, or TV shows that turn into bigger movies. The thing is, we're a show that focuses primarily on television. And only television. As much as we would like to rip into such unworthy candidates as The Honeymooners with Cedric the Entertainer, or Land of the Lost and or Bewitched with Will Ferrell, or even Jessica Simpson's tour de force in The Dukes of Hazard. Don't worry, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. Just wait a few weeks. Anyway, despite how notorious some of these bombs were, the movies are not a part of our wheelhouse. Unless, of course, they're TV movies, then we'll definitely talk about that. At the same time, this doesn't necessarily mean it's off the table. We'd just feel more comfortable if there was a movie expert joining us here in the underworld to take it down with us. Which is why I would like to formally extend an invitation to those in the podcast world who happen to host movie-themed shows to lend a hand on some of these subjects someday. That, and because people eat up crossovers all the time in the podcast world, it just kind of sounds like a fun thing to do. And the number one thing that this show, Telehell, will not review in a million years is... Death. Both on and off camera. As we just said in the previous entry, first and foremost, we're a show about television. Bad TV, cheesy TV, TV that we love to hate ad infinitum. The one thing that we are not, however, and at least try not to be, is a true crime podcast. Unless, like we did with the Bad Andy episode a few weeks ago, a crime is integral to the subject that we're discussing. This is in addition to the fact that, although we use hell and the underworld as an underlying theme around here, that's really more for aesthetic purposes, and that we really don't have an evil bone in our body. That being said, death is where we draw the biggest line. And we don't mean when a character gets killed off on a TV show. We're talking about those times when the Grim Reaper himself appears in a crowd scene, so to speak, and proceeds to do their job while the cameras are rolling. Without giving too many examples, I'm talking about certain instances where somebody actually gets killed on live television, the kind that becomes the stuff that bootleg videotapes and dark web videos tend to thrive on. The best example that I can give for this is a sequence in Michael Moore's Bowling for Columbine, where we're treated, and I put air quotes around the word, treated, 
to scenes of the aforementioned getting knocked off on live TV, set to the tune of Happiness is a Warm Gun by the Beatles. A scene that, to this day, remains one of the only things in all of media that I personally refuse to watch a second time. This also goes for a few recent incidents, such as when a fugitive was gunned down by a cop on Fox News while a horrified Shepard Smith gives a play-by-play, and perhaps most recently and notoriously, the execution of a news reporter and a cameraman for a TV station in Virginia while in the middle of a live report. Out of respect for the deceased and their families, even those that did turn out to be criminals, we choose not to mention their names or even play audio of these incidents. But chances are, you know what we're talking about. These deaths are also as unwelcome around here as the stories of off-camera incidents, like the deaths of Freddie Prinze Sr., Bob Crane, Carol Wayne, Rebecca Schaefer, and Phil Hartman, among too many others. Yes, their stories should be told, but this is not even close to an appropriate forum to discuss them. That said, we cordially invite you to check out whichever true crime show you wish whenever you're done listening to this. We won't mind, really. Even we like to listen to those kinds of shows. It's just not the kind of subject that we're going to deal with here. So, let's recap. Number six, we won't cover anything local because podcast listeners are an international audience. Number five, we won't do guilty pleasures because even bad things can be good sometimes. Number four, we won't do anything current or recent unless the show has been off the air for at least three years' time. Number three, we won't review a show that we have no access to or are unable to find. Number two, we won't do any big screen adaptations of TV shows, unless somebody wants to Netflix and chill with us and have that be a part of a crossover episode, whether it be for our show or for theirs. And number one, we will not exploit the deaths of anybody, because that's another subject for a completely different genre of show altogether. That, and we would probably never be able to afford the therapy bills if we had to. Like we said at the beginning, We hope to add a few more of these omissions to the list at a future date. But for now, these were the items that popped into our collective heads. Feel free to agree or disagree with some of our picks through either of our socials on Twitter and Facebook, both at Telehell Podcast. Next time on Telehell... All aboard! For one of the most expensive TV failures of all time... Super Train, loaded with stars, loaded with action. Coming at you next on NBC. Until next time. If it's not in Telehell, it's not worth a damn. Telehell was written, produced, edited, and narrated by me, Justin Hart. All clips used in this program are protected under the Fair Use Doctrine of the U.S. Copyright Act of 1976, and all clips used come courtesy of their respective companies and owners. Some of the music used in this program comes courtesy of YouTube and their audio library service. Telehell is a production of Horton Road and is distributed by Libsyn. Oh, one more thing. Just because we watch a lot of TV doesn't mean that we don't want to socialize. Look for us on Facebook and Twitter, both at Telehell Podcast. And of course, you can also go to our own page, telehell.libsyn.com. And don't forget to like, comment, 
rate and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Libsyn. Just search for Telehell.